Well, Sam, we're back for another episode. Just had a great conversation with Melissa. Oh, that's great. It's fun. She's a great intercessor, isn't she? Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I know she prays for me, prays for you a lot, you yeah. and Amy. And yeah, so it's fun kind of hearing her story into that. Yeah, Super Bowl's this week. Yeah, Chiefs time. It's going to watch the Chiefs. Think yeah. they're going to win? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I heard somebody talking like they've got uh, the, the superstars yes. and maybe kind of an average team or, or whatever yeah. above. But uh, the 49ers are just really good. They're just they a are good, team. good. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know that much actually about the 49ers, but it's sure going to be fun to watch my home. So. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we're going to do two parts again. Okay. And so we're going to really dive into a book of the Bible that's one of your favorites, yes, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And there's a reason. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of egocentric, Yeah, maybe, but, but yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about the person of Samuel. Mm. In part two, we're going to get to David specifically, Goliath, right. and kind of an encounter you had. Um, so, yeah, your name is Sam. Right. Samuel. But Samuel. Emmett McVeigh, the junior. Right. And my dad was a senior, and yes. I've got a third, Samuel yeah. McVeigh third, and maybe he's going to do a quattro yeah. here for us. Right, and so that's been an important thing for you, to know yeah. that you are Samuel. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. So let's go right to the Bible yep. first. So yep. who's who's Samuel in the Bible? And let's talk a little scripture, then we'll get to your name and yeah. kind of the assignment with that. So after the book of Ruth, okay. really after the book of Judges historically, yeah. is the book of First and Second Samuel. And so um, for Samuel is about a thousand years before Jesus is a way okay. to place it and a thousand years after Abraham. So, um, but it's in a position here where we're, we're moving from the time of the judges to the times of the kings. So Moses gets them out of Egypt. Right. That's the way to think about it. Joshua gets them into the land. Yes. And then we've got 400 years in the book of Judges of up and down leaders. Rough Is, times. Isra yeah, Israel would yeah, right. be wicked. Then God would discipline right. them. They'd repent. And then he'd put a leader over them and that over and over and over. So 400 years. And so we're moving from that time of the Judges to the times okay. of the Kings. Okay. This is a really important transitional yeah. moment within the scriptures that's getting us to David the king. Okay, so we have Hannah mm -hmm. and starts out. Chapter one, and it already talks about some intercession, doesn't it? That's so, what right. happens with Hannah and her barrenness? So, Hannah is married to this uh, this man, and it says in First Samuel uh, uh, one one, there was a certain man and Ramathian Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah. And this, he was the son of Jeroboam, Elihu, and of Tohu, and a bunch of names I cannot uh, pronounce. And he had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah, and the other was Pania. So back in that time yeah. where they had multiple wives, but Hannah, um, as the story goes on, was not having children, and the other wife was. We had those stories like Leah and Rachel, right. that kind of stuff. But that's what's happening. She, uh, Hannah is so burdened by this. Um, and 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 the husband is grieved because he so loves her. Right. She's not happy. He's like, "Aren't you happy enough with me?" Yes. She's like, "I want a child." So she, they go up and share, uh, do sacrifices at Shiloh, where Eli, yes. the last judge, really. So Eli was judge, a priest or a judge. He's a judge slash priest. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So he's really as a priest here um, in a way, but he is Samuel's even considered the last judge. Uh, the one okay. that was not a king is yes. why that delineation. But Eli and Samuel really are working within that what seems Levitical kind of dynamic. And uh, and they are uh, doing priestly duties. And so they go up, uh, Hannah and her husband, to Shiloh to make a sacrifice. And she's so burdened by this. There's a, there's a phrase in here in verse uh, 12. It says, as she continued praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Huh. And Hannah was speaking in her heart, but only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Huh. She 
she's praying so deeply this and hard. Deep. Well, Eli, which just bespeaks his lack of discernment, yes. yep. Eli took her to be drunk. And he said, woman, when will you give up your liquor? And she's like, I've not been drinking. Right. Which is interesting to correlate that with the yeah. day of Pentecost. Yeah, it sure is. You know, and there they were and they're doing, they're, yeah. they're drunk. It's like there's this no, accusation. Of, yeah. Right. And so she's really burdened, groaning. She's a woman of intercession. And she's driven there by a burden of her barrenness. And so she's come to sacrifice. And then she makes a commitment after she convinces him, I'm not drunk. Yeah. If I have a child, she tells the Lord, I'm going to give him to you. I'll fully give him to you. And so... Eli says, go, and the Lord yeah. will hear you. She conceives and has a son called Samuel, which means, the name means, heard of God. Okay. Okay, so it's like, it's really kind of that she was heard. It's from the Hebrew, like the word, yeah. Hebrew word heard. And um, and so her intercession, he she births him in intercession. Yeah. She has him, and his very name means intercession yeah. or prayer. So I'm back up just to, to understand. Yeah. Was Eli the leader of Israel at the time? Yes, that's right. So there's he is, no king. So there's no king. Yahweh is the king. That's right. And you got a tribal family. Yes. Israel, the sons, the generational sons of Abraham. And so then he's Jacob. as the judge, he's a leader, but clearly not walking any kind of spiritual discernment. No, the, the, the descriptions of him are he can't discern when thinks she's yeah. drunk. He's poor eyesight. Yes. He's heavy and he is uh, got sons that are wicked. Yeah. And so then, but in that, the Lord raises up an intercessor. That's right. He raises up intercession. Mm -hmm. And so there's this groan. And so now here comes Samuel. So what did, right. what did, uh, did she just keep Samuel or what happens then next she, to the story? She raises him for a period of time and would make him a little priestly outfit because yeah. she dedicates him to the Lord, but gets him to the weaned age, right. whatever that was, makes him little priest outfits, brings them up to yeah. him. And he basically grows up in the temple of the Lord. Okay. And um, actually there's a great verse in uh, the, in verse, I believe it's 20 of first uh, Samuel one. It says um, she called, well, she called his name Samuel for she said, I've asked of him from the yeah. Lord. Then she says in verse 28, therefore I have lent him in that issue. I've given him or lent yeah. him to the Lord as long as uh, as 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 he lives, and so then we go to chapter two, and in verse twenty one, it'll say, "And the boy Samuel grew hmm. up in the presence of the Lord." Yeah, which we're going to find out he had to discover what that was, but that's really a, a statement of he grew up really in the tabernacle in the temple. If we go to chapter three, and we'll look at yeah. that. He's literally sleeping in by the ark of the covenant. Yeah, this is the ark. He's right there. That's where the Lord's presence was. Right. right. Is this right. the that was the ark. That would have been the most holy place, or you had the two places, right? right. There's where, the holy place he probably was sleeping right. in, which was right next to, yes. which was the holy of holies, and 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 it was a makeshift deal there in Shiloh, you know. Correct. But it was the tabernacle, and we don't have the temple yet, and so, so it was uh, just this tent, yes. And that was supposed to be Eli's. He was doing some kind of sacrifices. That's right. His sons would do sacrifice. They were uh, manipulating the people and getting right. themselves rich. They were sleeping with women. You know, it was kind of an immoral situation. And okay. Samuel grows up as a little child in the middle of that. And, uh, and gets and to chapter grows, three. Yeah, gets to chapter three. He's grown. We don't know what age, but it says now the boy Samuel was ministering yeah. to the Lord. So he'd spent his life, which probably meant the incense and sacrifices right. and the things he's doing. And his heart is growing, but he doesn't know the Lord. He, he, he knows of the Lord yes. is the best way to say that. He knew his life was dedicated. He knew it had been supernatural. You know his mom had told him the story right. of right. how he was born and he's feeling yes. this sense of destiny, but he doesn't know the Lord yet. And it's proved here because he's ministering to the Lord and the word of the Lord was rare in those <laughs> days. And there was no frequent vision <laughs> at the time. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had grown dim, uh, was, was lying down in his own place. Right. 
So Eli had his own away from their place. Not in the presence, right? right? Not in the presence. And it says, and the lamp of God was not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down mm-hmm. in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Wow. Which I've had people, you know, that would speak to me about yeah. just pointing to that verse. That Samuel loved the presence and loved yeah. to lay near there. But verse 4, then the Lord, or Yahweh, called to Samuel and said, here I am. And to Eli, uh, then he, he says this to him. He, he calls his name Samuel. Yeah. And then Samuel says to Eli, walks out and says, here I am. He goes to Eli's place. Yeah. And this encounter happens multiple times because Samuel doesn't know the voice of the Lord yet. Right. Right. He's never heard. This is uh, obviously the first time he's ever heard. God is speaking to him probably out from the Ark of the Covenant right. or in the proximity. And Samuel's responding. He's literally hearing a voice, but he goes out to goes Eli. To Eli. Eli finally gets it after the third or fourth time right. and says, hey, when you go back in, say, yeah. uh, I am your servant and your servant is listening. Speak to me. And so he has this encounter and, and the Lord basically gives him his first hmm. prophetic word, right. which is, I'm bringing Eli down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing this yeah. wicked thing down and I'm yeah. raising up a priest after my own heart. Yep. And so then uh, Samuel, so so he becomes a judge at this point he's, and he's a prophet. He's the judge, prophet, prophet right? and priest. Really, he's not a he king, would. but he's a, he's the leader. A judge would mean a leader. He's a leader and he is doing judging and between the tribes. He's prophetically bringing the word yeah. of the Lord and he's a priest stewarding the tabernacle. And so it says in verse, uh, what is that, in, in 19, and Samuel grew yeah. and the Lord was with him and he let none of his words fall to the ground. Yeah. So every prophetic word, everything he said uh, had life on it and fulfillment. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. Right. Now, not every judge, obviously, right. ever got right. that. But he's like, this is more than a leader with some authority on him. This guy's a prophet. Yeah. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh. For yeah. the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh through the word of the Lord. So he begins this revelation yeah. of hearing God at a real intimate level. And yeah. uh, so his name, Heard of God, yeah. has its fulfillment. Kind of like Moses. You know, yeah. Moses, that name meant to draw out because as a baby, he was drawn yeah. out. And his destiny would be he would draw a nation out through right. the waters. Right. And so here's Samuel fulfilling that in his life. Okay, so I want to talk two definitions. Let me see if I understand this. I heard someone describe a priest, yep. okay, as somebody that they have the people. And they go represent the people to Yahweh right. through this system. I mean, it's intercession, it's sacrificing to make the people so they have access. A mediator. They're a mediator, mediator. But the yeah. prophet then stands in the council of Lord. Yes. They're listening, hearing, and then now going and saying to the people, yeah, hey, good. this is what God, is that a good that's way a to say it? That's a great way to say it, yeah. And delivering the word of the Lord to them, you know, yeah. instead of mediating to them the mercy of the Lord and the yeah. sacrificial system and worship to God, now they, yeah, the prophet ministers to the and people so, from God. So Samuel is doing both though, yes, right? that's right. And so, okay, so then um, chapter four, what happens? They they lose the presence. They lose the ark, yeah, don't they? That's Eli, a big deal then. It is, yeah. The Philistines attack. They think the Ark of the Covenant is going to bring them victory. It doesn't. Right. It's captured. It's taken. Eli's so distraught by this. His sons are killed. Yeah. Um, he falls backward and chair dies. Uh, uh, he has a grandson. I think one of the daughters yeah. has a son named Ichabod. Right. Meaning the, the, glory, the glory has departed. Right. And there's Samuel. And now he is judging Israel's. Yeah. And the Eli, uh, the, all the judgments that were spoken to him happened to him. Yeah. And so he's ministering by the presence of God. And there's a, a scripture here that mentions he was going from town to town to town yeah. on a circuit. Yeah. Speaking the word of the Lord, bringing leadership yeah. to 
the nation. So what you have is a functioning theocracy. Yes. Yeah. You really have God is their king. God's their king. And he's got a man representing him. I would say this too, is what it seems like is later in the time of Elisha. Yeah. We're going to see Elisha and Elijah uh, find uh, companies of prophets right. in multiple of these cities. And what it looks like, it seems like is Samuel yeah. was multiplying himself. Yeah. He's multiplying a prophetic prophetic companies right. all over the place. Right. So he's we've got this functioning theocracy yeah. where the people of God worship God or yeah. led by the word of God, not by a king. Right. That's really good. We're going to keep going in this story. A lot we could, could unpack, yeah. but I yeah. want to get to then. So they reject the king. Right. They, well, Samuel, not. his sons end yes. up not being righteous. So they're not right. Okay. And so the people say, your sons aren't righteous. We've seen the other nations. And that's the big statement. We want a king. Give us a king yeah. like the other nations. And they have these us. giants, these people in the land. They said, we want somebody big and strong, that's don't right. we? That's right. We want someone tall. And so that's what leads to Saul, who's head and shoulders above everyone. Yes. And they move from a theocracy to a monarchy. And there's warning. Again, we could get into all yeah, of what it that ends up Lots of a lessons. hard thing. Yeah. And so, but that's that transitional thing. I think we, we like to say that when we're doing yeah. sermons and teachings is we're moving from the judges to the kingships. Yes. Okay. That, that, that's happening yeah. within Israel's history, but we're also moving from Eli and wicked priesthood to Samuel and a good yes. spirit right. led. And we're going to move from Saul, a tall, looks like the other nations yeah. guy to a David man after God's own heart. Right. So I love this book and we encourage people to read it because it tells the amazing story of David, but Samuel is really the hinge. Yeah. Between moving that and David becomes the yeah. hotbed of the most messianic promises right. promises we have. The the Messiah is likened to David yeah. more than anyone. Yeah, let's talk really quick. How did Samuel find David? Let's do that and then we'll end with the Bible story yeah, there. So the Lord rejects Saul. He's walking in a fear-based right. religious thing. He won't wait on. He's not sacrificing sheep. Yes. You can read all those stories. But the Lord rejects him, and Samuel says that. And the Lord says in that, I found a man after my own heart. I found a man after my own heart. And so he is led to go to Bethlehem, and Jesse has a bunch of sons. Yes. And so there's eight of them or so, yeah. and he goes through all of them, the yeah. bigger ones, the yeah. tall ones, the yeah. better warriors. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right. Seven no's. Right. And he's like, what's the deal? And they said, well, we got one more, yeah. uh, and it's David. And he's the one watching, the little shepherd boy, the youngest, at the bottom of a small, from a small town, small right. family. But it is of the tribe of Judah. Yeah, it is. And Judah, Jacob had prophesied over Judah, the fourth son, yeah. that he would be like a lion cub and a rabbit yeah. and a kingly thing would come. You can see it already developing. And now we've got the messianic seed working in and through David. Yeah, and he said, don't look on outward appearance, right. but look at the God heart. God looks at the heart. And he saw David's heart, didn't he? Yeah. We're going to get to David in our second part here. But yeah, and really see him and moves him forward and we'll get there. Yeah. Okay, so Samuel's role. It's just Samuel's first, a man of presence. Yes, He's born out of anguished intercession. Okay, so that's first thing, out of anguished that's what intercession. I would say. Hannah is the beginning of Samuel. As a beginning, <laughs> so anguished intercession. And yep. then we have a, a young boy and a, a prophet, a priest of presence. Yes. Committed, committed first of all presence. to the presence of God. That's right. Secondly, he then um, learns the word of the Lord. And how to hear the word. Yep. Speak out the word of the Lord. That's right. Okay, then he um, trained other people to hear the, the word and yes. actually raised up some prophets. Right. Then he had a big role. He actually raised up two kings. That's right. He raised up kings. This is what he did. And and though it's not what the Lord, because he feels rejected. Yeah. And the Lord says to him, don't yeah. do what they said. They've not rejected you. They've rejected me. 
Okay. So it's even there you're getting like Samuel needed to get a full, a more yeah. full understanding that it was a theocracy. I mean, this is where we're all headed on the yeah. planet is Yahweh is going to be our king. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we're to operate and now manifest in Jesus. But um, so he, Samuel gets over it, anoints Saul, and then the consequences come, and then we get to David. Yeah. Okay. So that's Samuel. So you are Samuel. That's my name. Yeah, it's your name. And so when did you start getting, yeah, your own journey, a little revelation yeah. um, of who you are in the spirit? Who? Yeah. When I say, what I mean by that, who you, who? What's your identity? Your unique identity yeah. that you were named Samuel for a reason. And then what's that role? How does that live out in the body of Christ? So yeah. when did you first learn and, that? And we again, just we didn't, we want to stay focused on yep. Jesus. Jesus gives right. us these things and gives us yes. these calls. Amen. And everybody's got significant names. Matthew. We could right. have a discussion yes. on yours. But so we're talking about this one. I had known I had a Bible name for a lot of years. I'm saved at 10, called at 12, but I had not thought a ton about it. I didn't okay. even read First Sam except to see the David story. I'd skip forward to the David yes. and Goliath stuff, you know. And I didn't really think about it a lot until about seven years ago. Really? Yeah. So when I'm 53. So it was in my 40s. And the Lord starts, in my devotion time, I start hearing as I'm waiting on the Lord and being still, your name is Samuel on purpose. I, that's, the, that's the phrase that would come to my heart with audible. Your name is Samuel huh. on purpose. I'm like, well, I know it's a Bible name, but what is that? You know, right. I hadn't, I just so thick sometimes and yeah. slow on the uptake with the Lord, what yeah. he's doing, because I've been a guy who's been locked in on prayer, thousands of prayer right. meetings in my twenties right. and thirties. Right. And I love the word of the Lord. And that's kind of even how I preach and I minister yeah. what's God saying in the now serving people. But, but anyway, he starts saying that phrase to me alone. I'm not saying it out loud. And then some of our uh, more highly gifted okay. prophetic people and intercessors start coming to me um, just a couple, I don't want to exaggerate how many yeah. it was, but they were saying, for some reason, the Lord's speaking to me, you're Samuel on purpose. In fact, one sister to this day calls me Pastor Samuel. She won't call okay. me Sam. Uh -huh. I never asked her to do that. She just does it because she was so impacted by it. Well, that was confirmation to me, like, something's up. The Lord's bringing about a moment for me to embrace a deeper destiny. So I started reading this slower, mm -hmm. underlining verses going, oh, he grew up in the presence of the yeah. Lord. Oh, he grew in stature and favor with God yeah. and man. Oh, he's the one that, yeah, he's he's giving the word and his words don't fall to the ground. So I'm underlining all these verses and kind of assimilating my life in that. In fact, my mom, who was divorced from my right. dad and, you know, has had some struggles here and there through the years, but she really is a woman of prayer. She prays She's like Hannah. crazy. Yeah. And talks about some moments, even when I was born, 1967, that were wow. profound moments for her, you know? And again, this isn't everyone right. special. God makes everybody. Right. It's just, right. I'm like at 40s tuning into, oh, the sovereign purpose of my name. This is an intercessor prophetic guy that loves the word of God. God's revealing yeah. the word. I love the scriptures from the beginning. And um, that's now in a leadership place among a holy nation. Yeah. And so this is a big thing for your call though, because you right. are a leader. Right. You've always been a leader. You, whether it's you're the point guard on the team, yeah. right? You're a coach. You love to lead. Yeah, I do. But people often want to say, hey, Sam, lead, and then they want to make you the leader, right? It's kind of like, hey, be a king, Saul. Yes. And so that's been an, obviously, been we, a big deal. that's a hard deal, yeah, isn't and, it? And I've wanted to be king. Right, of course we do. <laughs> My ego <laughs> right. and pride, and then they're right. doing it. I'm like, yes, you get it. You know, I should be the, and you're kind of enamored with the uh, gifts God gives and grace and uh, strength and confidence. And so um, about seven years ago in the middle of this, I, yeah. I remember where I was 
in El Dorado in, on 254 okay. by Orchelins. Yes. <laughs> and I'm driving with Amy. I, I don't know, we're probably talking about something spiritual, but I hear in my inner man. In your heart, we've been yeah, talking about that, right? You're a Samuel. I made you a Samuel. You're a Samuel. You're not a king, but you raise up kings. You raise up kings. That phrase, I never thought that phrase before in my life. You're not a king, but you raise up kings. And the second part to that was this. Most of your temptation in ministry has been you and others wanting you to be a king. Right. Which to me meant trying to build something. Yes. We're going to build something. We're going to have some success and have some. And the ministry. For, for sincere purposes. Yeah. But, you know, when that happened, it was a trajectory setting moment. It set me in a place of service where I started to think about, oh, I'm called to serve, right. to raise up Davids, hopefully yeah. not Saul's, but to raise right. up Davids, raise up leaders that are after God's own heart, that are under his government, to raise up, in a general sense, the body of Christ. Because yeah. it says that in First Peter that we're a royal priesthood. Right. So there's a kingly thing yes. about every believer. And we all have that. And I'm that, too. Yes. But I just, it shifted the way. It put me in a paraclete um, yeah. That's the word for the Holy Spirit, yes. comforter, servant. that is the counselor. So it put me in a servant position at the right strategic time, just before the prayer movement and just before Disciple Nations kind of goes through the mushrooming growth we've had in the last five years. And it was so good because I'm tempted, where every leader's tempted yeah. for fame and ego and blah, 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 and probably at different levels. But, um, but it was a powerful thing. And I'm not saying I've never yeah. struggled with that it since. But I primarily have accepted and embraced this place of a mission to serve, yes. to raise up a kingly thing. Yeah. And again, I would say it's fullness to raise up the name of Jesus, who's the king, yes. Amen. to raise up the body of Christ, who have got a kingly thing on them, and then to raise up specific yeah. leaders. It's one of my favorite things. I'm in my lane yeah. when I'm helping people uh, come into their destiny. Yeah, and raise up. And so not only now... Um, do you do that on your own? But you have there's a, a group of us, right? That's that right. have been called. And again, sometimes people wonder what Disciple Nations is, but how would you say Disciple Nations func functions as Samuels? Yeah. Because a, a lot of us share that now, this That's calling, right? right? So how right. do we do that? How, how do you see Disciple Nations, the team, the, this family? Disciple Nations have? is called to the advancement of the supremacy of Christ. We're locked in on prayer and worship, house of prayer, yes. and uh, finishing the task or discipling yeah. the nations. So those two things are big. There's a lot of organizations. Right. A lot of them are really focused on prayer, really focused on salvation. Some are both. Yes. Um, so we're both, and that's general in the body of Christ. But in the middle of that, what becomes unique for us or specific for us is this call to serve right. the whole body of Christ. So like Joshua is a, is a metaphor for us. Yeah. From one tribe for all tribes. There's John the Baptist yep. making straight place yep. to the Lord, pass to the Lord, not to us. But this Samuel thing is an identity issue. I think it's yep. touched you, and you can talk yes. about that. But right. I, that we're called to raise up, to get yep. up under leaders. We're looking for them. We're not just looking yep. to recruit people right. to the leadership we're executing. Yep. I mean, I, I tell people, it's illegal for me to build yep. anything. Yep. I literally don't have any buildings. Right. I can't do that build, but I also, and I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. I just, for me, I can't, and I can't build an organization. So when we've gone from four to 85, 90 yep. people now, um, I'm always telling people I have no permission to right. recruit you. <laughs> right. And if you come for us, we're coming up under yep. you to help you actually help others yep. serve and raise up these amazing anointings. We believe yep. that everybody's called the ministry. 
that's yep. a believer. And right. we believe Amen. that God's put anointing and callings on people's lives. Yep. And so the deal is there's been a lot of warfare yep. and spiritual identity crisis, all kinds of stuff happening, like Gideon, I don't want to step up, Moses, I don't want to step up, that we come up under these yep. people. And we're like, you're more than you know. Yep. And we're not recruiting them to our ministry. Right. They're, they're operating in multiple streams in the body of Christ, but we have a vested interest in the kingdom of God yep. advancing. And that is by bringing out, if you will, that uh, yeah. kingly thing that's in people. Yeah, so give it, let's give a tangible example yeah. I'll share from my own life. So, yeah. A, you've had this place in my own life. You've been serving me, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're walking as a, a father in the faith, and yeah. you're discipling, helping me hear the Lord and all that. Yeah. But then, then I go to Tabor, um, where the Lord's been calling me, and I'm meeting with leaders there. I'm not trying to work at Tabor. I, don't, I couldn't do that. They wouldn't want to hire me, probably. But... Uh, <laughs> but I mean, we're there to serve. And then, yeah. and obviously you've been coming as well, but that's our place is to go serve the leaders. Who are the kings? Who are these leaders right. that God's raised up in at Tabor and other ministries? And, and obviously that, the Lord's given you favor yeah. there. And it's so funny because when I met you, you right. wanted nothing to do with right. Tabor, right. right? Right. And men, I, and there, you were like, and so then uh, through an, uh, yep. an encounter that's got some history yep. to it, I engaged you yep. and said, I, need, I think you need to look yep. into, check it. You did it, knocked on door, and just doors opened. And yep. it wasn't my great. I don't think I could have done what you right. do up there. That's but not it, mine. It's yours. To but do. again, it's a place of service, isn't it? it? Service and yep. presence, yep. helping people hear the Lord. The students, the leadership, the staff, yep. faculty. So and, that's just an example of our team does that all over the city, all over the state. We're in the nations. In the nations doing that. Yep. Uh, we got a brother in yep. now in the nations doing that right now. Yep. Raising up other leaders, not trying to recruit people to our ministry, right. but we're raising up their anointings and calls. Yep. Okay. So lastly, yep. I want to ask, um, why is it important to know your name? What, how, so everybody's an, uh, it's an identity, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a son. We're all sons. We've talked about identity. Yes. But I think we have a unique identity. Yeah, we do. And so why are names important? And just talk on that a little bit and then we'll... Well, well for what you said, the link to identity. So names were given at birth that had prophetic identity, um, a sense of future destiny yeah. upon them, even before they'd done anything good or bad or the, yeah. or the historical situation. You know, when Moses is born, who would have known he'd be a leader right. of, a, of the Israel nation? He's in Egypt, you know? So anyway, we've got all that. So that can happen or God will change a name. Yes. In the middle of a stream, he'll expand or change yeah. a name because name a name is connected to identity. Yes. And so yeah. we did this when we did the house of prayer teaching. Right. When Jesus calls his house, yeah. a house of prayer. Why that's a big yeah. deal to us is it's not just one thing they'll do. Right. It's their identity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Samuel is an identity. I'm in Christ and yes. Jesus is my identity yes. and all that. But yeah. my specific identity, my unique in the family of yeah. God is this Samuel thing. I am bent toward, I think, constantly about prayer, the word of the Lord, and moving as a nation under the government of God. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah, and so I think uh, often names, and it's interesting, we give nicknames, but sometimes we have negative names. That's right. And that's where I just would encourage anybody listening. Yeah. You know, who you are named, find that out. Right. It may not be a biblical name, but find yeah. out what that name, but also who does the Lord call you and really, really lean into well, that. Well, my name, my last name is McVeigh. Yeah. It's from a root Scottish. I did the research. Yeah. I'm just doing this because I'm doing the research. Yeah. It's from Macbeth, okay. which means son of life okay. or son of religion. Interesting. It meant son of life, yeah. the life of God, the son, the son of religion. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool yeah, it is. because my whole life has been around being that kind of guy. And so you may find some interesting things when you yeah. do that, but you might ask the Lord even what he calls yeah. you. We're not trying to get weird and mystical about no. it, but names are connected to identity. Yeah.